been talking about the glory of God? Why have we been talking about the glory of God? Does anybody know? <laughs> Manifestation. Romans 8 19 says that all of creation is waiting for one thing. Not for Donald Trump or Justin Trudeau to straighten up the mess. Waiting for one thing. All of creation is waiting. Matter of fact, it's, it, it, when you read through that, it, it, it's talking about an earth in travail. Because we don't think about the earth as a living thing, but it is. And it groans under the weight of sin. And all of creation is waiting for a manifestation. So a manifestation gives you the idea that there's something already here that people aren't seeing. All of, create, all of creation is waiting for a manifestation of the sons of God. I know when I was listening to my son doing praise and worship this morning, and, and, um, and I feel he's just going up and up to another level. But, but again, I, I was reminded of when myself and Pastor Paul and James went out to, to his CD release at Monty's. <laughs> what the gift was in him then, but it's manifesting now. There were some things in the way. There was a lot of distractions and things in the way. And sometimes you really need to get a broken heart in order to get a resurrection. It's like when you watch, when you think about Hannah praying in Samuel chapter 1. And the high priest thought that she was drunk because she was so in such brokenness, but she was praying in a prophecy. She was praying in a prophet of God, and she was in deep intercession, and she didn't have fancy foolish prayers, foolish prayers like the Pharisees. She was in the, that place where God, if you don't do something, you know. But here we are. God has already done something. And so now we need to be educating ourselves in what the glory is. Uh, Genesis chapter 31. I'm going to do something a little different here. I need a microphone. Could I have the microphone? Well, thank you, you beautiful lady. Deposits in the love bank. <laughs> <laughs> Could you read Genesis 31, 1? And he heard the words of Laban's son saying, Jacob hath taken away all that are was our father's, and of that which was our father's hath he taken all his glory. That's it. And so what I want you to see here is that, the, again, I'd like to point out that there's 8,000 words, 8,000 words in the Hebrew alphabet, and 100,000 in hours. So, so, so there are laws and rules. Each Hebrew letter has a numerical value, a musical tone, like there's a lot more to it than our language. So when you read Genesis 31.1, it's the law of first reference. And the first time that a word is used, you'll find the root of that all the way through. So when he's talking about Laban's glory, it's everything that he has, everything that he was, everything that he is. It's not just his money. It was everything that he had gained in his life, his position in life, everything was gone. And it was gone after, after Jacob had served him. 
for 20 years. In 20 years, Jacob was ripped off by his father. His wages were changed 10 times. How many of you ever had your wages changed 10 times? That's not a raise, by the way. And, you know, when a sheep died, he had to pay for it. Like it was just, how many of you know family can do you better than anybody else? (laughs) I mean, we're talking about his father-in-law toasted him like that. And you'd have thought that God would have intervened sooner. But I think there's some character building that takes place. And 20 years sounds like a long time to you, but it's only a couple of seconds to God. And he was prepared. He, He wasn't... He wasn't preparing the blessing for him. He was preparing him for the blessing. So that when it did come, it would not destroy him. You know, and he was known as a chiseler at the first himself. So he had sown some things that he, that he reaped later in his life. But I think the cool part about that story is he got all the glory when he walked it out. Then Isaiah chapter Isaiah Genesis forty five will talk about Joseph saying the same thing. Joseph said, "When you go home and see my father, tell him about all my glory in Egypt, the position that I attained." He sat in jail for two years, and then overnight he became an overnight success. After thirteen years of struggle, he became second only to the Pharaoh in all of the land. It was a suddenly thing. In the natural, but, but, but he had to walk it out. Matter of fact, Isaiah, Psalm 105 says, until his word came from the word of the Lord, he was hurt with irons and fetters. He didn't sign up for it. He signed up for the two dreams that God gave him. But somehow he had to go through some things to get there. And I can guarantee you that the first day on the new job, he forgot about 13 years of tribulation. And when God breaks through in your life, when God breaks through in your life, not if either, not if either, because Psalm Isaiah 60 says, you're going to arise and shine. Your light has come. The glory of the Lord has risen upon you in the world of darkness and the gross darkness upon the people, but God's glory shall be seen upon you. We're not talking to some generation coming later. We're talking to you today. God's glory shall be seen upon you. Kings and influential people will come to the brightness of your rising. Why? Because they don't have any answers. And there's something shiny about you. (laughs) Hallelujah. You're not living in fear anymore. You're living in faith, moving over in faith, and and the glory shall be seen upon you. Then Then it says that your heart will reverence, be enlarged because the abundance of the Gentile nations will be converted unto you. I don't know how they're going to report that on CNN and some of the other media outlets. I, I don't know that. I, I don't know what they're going to do with good news. I don't know how, if, even if they know how to peddle good news. But good news is happening. Good news is on its way to your house. Hallelujah. No, no, come on. Romans 3.23 says that all have sinned. That included you and I. How many of you know that? And fallen short of the glory of God. But the next verse says that God, come on, through his amazing grace, without cause or condition, brought you back into Hebrews 2.10. Says the captain of your salvation made perfect through the things that he suffered. 
who came to restore many sons back to glory. What is the glory? It's God's original intent that you would live there. That you would live in his glorious kingdom. And uh, whether you know it or not, you're there now. Adam, before he sinned, before the curtain went up, before he sinned, he could travel back and forth to heaven at will. And so can you right now. If you'll read Ephesians chapter 2, it says that you already are seated in heavenly places in Christ, even though you're seated here today. So right now you're living in two realms. It's the revelation that has to come. And so Adam sinned and he got the curtain put up and he was taken out. That veil was in place until the veil was rent when Jesus was crucified and rose from the grave and the temple veil was rent from top to bottom. And the next thing you know, the captain of our salvation. And I like to point out, to point out at every service, Jesus was not perfect. It sounds like blasphemy. He was innocent, but he was born of a woman. He was innocent, and the Bible says that he became perfect through the things that he suffered. Read Hebrews chapter 2, read Hebrews chapter 5, and so on. Even though he was the son of God, he put away his glory. He put away his glory so that he could, so that he could get you. Oh, for the joy that was set before him. He endured the cross and despised the shame. You think the joy that was set before him is just so that you can go to church on a Sunday morning? The joy that was set before him is now, now I'm the firstborn among many brethren. Now I can have me a family. Now they can live here and live there. Jesus said about himself in John chapter 10, I am the door of the sheep. They can go in and go out and find pasture. In other words, you can travel at will over in the spirit realm and in the natural realm. You can do that now. And you really need to learn over, to live over in the realm of the spirit. Then Habakkuk 2, verse 14. Somebody ought to read that. I know Habakkuk is three pages. It's hard to find sometimes. Ah. For the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. That's it, filled with the knowledge. And like we, as we've been pointing out every time we share the verse, it's the knowledge of the glory. It's not intellectual knowledge. It's revelation knowledge that everyone is going to know. Read Joel chapter 2 sometime and read it real slow. I'm telling you right now, you're going to find out that he's got a plan to pour out his spirit upon all flesh. And whoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. There's no one going to be able to stand before the Lord on that day and say, I didn't know about the glory of God. And so not only will they, not only they, they, they'll hear about it with their ear, but they'll, they'll have revelation knowledge of the glory of God. And, you know, the good news is working in you. So let's now, let's start, let's start in John chapter 10. And we'll read some verses that upset religious people. No, when you think about it, John G. Lake got this revelation, God lives inside these clothes. And when the plague was killing everybody, he said, put it on my hand and then put it under a microphone. It died when it hit him. I drove by a church today. It said, it said they're closed because of the coronavirus. The sign said, keep the faith. 
You know, we're not spreading disease, we're spreading the gospel. My Bible says I'll lay hands on the sick and they'll recover. It doesn't say don't touch anybody, keep six feet away. <laughs> you going to preach that again? Yeah, like, like, yeah. Goliath came out, read, read, about, read Samuel chapter 17. Goliath came out and all of Israel ran and hid to their tents because of what he said. He was having a media pandemic. Yep. Yep. <laughs> okay. No, 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 but, but it's only because we don't know who we are. So we're, you know, once you find out who you are, once you find out that Psalm 91 is your cure for every disease. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say, what are you going to say? I will say of the Lord, you are my refuge. You are my fortress. You are my God in whom I trust. Then he goes on to say, a thousand may fall at my side, 10,000 at my right hand. It's not coming near me. No plague will come near my dwelling. But knowing that your loved will cast out the fear. See, once the fear is gone, the enemy loses any tool that he would have been able to form against you. Anyway, so in John chapter 10, verse 30, Jesus is going to say the same thing that you can say. I and my Father are one. I and my Father are one. I and my Father are one. Dogs have puppies. Cats have kittens. God has sons and daughters. So you are a daughter or a son of God. Just to say that for, for many, many Christians is such a struggle. But yet, that's what God says about you. I created you in my image and in my likeness. The angels didn't know if they were looking at you or looking at me. And then I came to restore you. Once that curtain was torn, I came to put you back to my original intention for man. Adam was not perfect. Adam was innocent and he failed the test. Now you're innocent because Jesus passed the test. But you're just as innocent as Adam was before he sinned. And if you could ever get, if you, if you, if we, when we, Get a revelation of that. I and my Father are one. Just try saying it. Yeah. I and my Father are one. I'm God, small g. Waiting for a manifestation of the sons of God. Romans 8, 14, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. How am I going to be led by the Spirit? John 6, 63 says, my words are spirit and they are life. When you read what the Bible says about you and believe it, and according to James 1, be a doer of the word, not a hearer, only deceiving yourself. The doer of the word is poetes, is where we get the word poem or poetry. And it's, it's, it's what, what the word means is you're creating with words. That's what a poet does. 
So when he says in James 1.22, don't be a hearer, but a doer of the word of God, he's saying begin to create like God did with your words. He said, Deuteronomy 30.19, he said, I've set before you this day life and blessing, death and cursing. Choose life that you and your seed may live. How do I choose life? By choosing my words. My words will create or destroy. My words will create my destiny. My words are just like God's words. When he came out into the darkness, he said, let there be light. When I look at my circumstances, I don't complain about them. I speak to them, speak the word of God to them. And do they change overnight? No, it took the fig tree 24 hours for die when Jesus spoke to it. You might have to work at it a little while. You may have to rear back and say it a few times until it becomes a revelation. You're the prophet of your own life. Your future's coming out of your mouth all the time. If you don't like where you are right now, check your words. And may, <laughs> praise God, this got nothing to do with this. Okay. I and my father are one. Well, John 17, 20. Well, just, let's just flip over there and come back here. John 17, 20. So, so when you read verse 20, you'll know that he's not talking to the 12 disciples. Right? When you read verse 20, he says, I'm not praying for these guys that are standing here with me right now, but for those that will believe on me through their words. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, through their words. Peter, through their words. James, through their words. The Apostle Paul, through the words. Look at this. That they all may be one. As you, Father, are in me, and I'm in you, that they also may be one in us. That the world may believe that you sent me. How about the next verse? And the glory which you gave me, I've given unto them that they may be one, even as we are one. Like, how do you do Like, you can't, you, you can't argue that. You didn't say, well, Pastor Gary Hooper said, no. No, the Apostle John said, and Gary just used his voice to articulate it. If you just go back in this chapter, back to verse 3. Or verse 5, he said, now, Father, glorify me with the glory that, you, that I had with you before the world began. So he, it proves that he put off his glory so, so that you could get it. He became sin so that you become righteous. He became poor that you could be rich. He, <laughs> he took sickness and infirmity so that you could take health and healing. Okay, meanwhile, back in John chapter 10, verse 30. I and the Father are one. We ought to practice saying that. I know if I know that that these things are a struggle because of the guilt and the shame that most of us have lived with, or the inferiority that some of us have dealt with. I, I understand that, but 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 God says you've got you've got to renew your mind by the word of God. You you need to begin to think like I think about you. You're my child, you're my heir, you're my joint heir. The earth is mine and the fullness thereof, and I'm giving it all to you. Matter of fact, he said, the heaven and the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he's given unto the sons of men. What? Okay. So they took up stones to stone him, and I know that you get around religious people, they'll buck you on this too. I remember one time speaking at a Wesleyan church, and they asked me to come over for a breakfast on a Saturday morning, and I never got invited back. But the song that made them all cry, including the pastor, 
I'm just an old sinner, saved by grace. Knock me down and step on my face. I don't know if it went just like that, but... And they all cried, oh, that last... The preacher got up to introduce me and said, oh, that last song just touched my heart so. And I said, yeah, mine too. I'm either saved by grace. I was an old sinner. Do you get it right all the time? No, I'm walking in a path of righteousness and I'm practicing righteousness like I practice sin. But I am the righteousness of God in Christ. He, God, made him to be sin for us, even though he knew no sin, that we would be made the righteousness of God in him. One of the greatest things he ever did was 1 Corinthians 5, 17. Any man be in Christ, he's a new species. All things have passed away. My spirit, man, my, my spirit, man, has been recreated. It's born, born again spirit. Hallelujah. It's, now, I found out after I was saved a little while that I still had a mind that needed to be renewed. And flesh that wanted pizza. Maybe today. <laughs> Nothing wrong with pizza. I'm just saying the flesh has a voice. And my soul has a voice. And what I'm learning to do, what we need to learn to do is we are a spirit. We have a soul, a mind, will, and emotions, and we live in a body. And my spirit man is supposed to be in charge. And so if I'm sitting around worrying, that's my soul. If I'm craving something that's not going to do me any good, like that third piece of strawberry. Anyway, things that can get a hold of you. <laughs> Hallelujah. But, you know, but, but again, how am I going to get there, God? I'm falling back into the glory. I, I, there's nothing that I can do except read the word of God, meditate the word of God, and believe that my spirit man will rise. That circumstances out there are not going to cause me anxiety. I'm not going to get uptight about things that are going on around me because the greater is he that is in me than he that's in my circumstances. And whatever's going on around me is nothing compared to Romans 8.28. All these things are working together for my good. That deer I hit with Nancy's car last Monday night, $16,000 damage. That's about, what, 140, 150 bucks a pound for that deer? And then I found out yesterday that that was the ninth deer that was killed in that area in the last couple of weeks. But, you know, like, like I don't want to go back and reiterate that, but it, it didn't bother us other than a waste of deer chops. And a more determined effort to call the herd and come fall. <laughs> Jesus answered and said, many good works, verse 30, 32 here. He said, many good works I've done. For which of those do you want to stone me? Jesus, the Jews answered and said, it's not about that. It's because you make yourself like God. The thing is, he didn't do that, and you don't make yourself like God either. As many as received him, gave him the power to become children, sons of God. Isn't that John chapter 1, the very way the whole deal starts out? What's it, what is it to be born again, he told Nicodemus, to be born from above, to come through 
the womb of Jesus, through the door of Jesus, and, 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 be, and pick up the sonship again. Amen. Okay, so. Look at verse 34. Jesus answered them and said, Is it not written in your law? Now, he uses the word law here. But when you, when you talk to a Hebrew, uh, a, a Jewish Christian, they don't call it the Old Testament. They call it the Hebrew Scriptures and the Gentile Scriptures. Because, because it's not old to them. And that's, why, and that's why Paul said, all Scripture is God-breathed and given for an inspiration to God. Lots of people like to say, it, it, you know, that page between the old and the new is the veil. No, he removed the veil. It's all ours. <laughs> and don't tell me those stories back there can't help you because you see their, you see their failings before they got to Hebrews chapter 11 in the hall of faith. You see how they, they fell down and got up. And Micah said in Micah 7, 8, don't rejoice over me, O my enemy, though I fall. I'm getting back up. And that's being a Christian. That's being, that's, that's what it's all about. It doesn't mean you're not going to make any mistakes. Are you, you know, as long as you're here, you're going to be working out your own salvation. But you don't get shame and you don't get guilt. A conviction by the Holy Ghost, the Comforter, better stop doing it. Okay. But if you're walking around guilty and you say, oh, you never guessed what I did. We don't care. We'd like to announce from this pulpit, we don't care what you did. <laughs> because God doesn't care what you did. What are you going to do now? <laughs> what are you going to do now? <laughs> Hallelujah. He said, you are God's. Well, again, Romans eight fourteen. When you live by the Spirit of God, you are a son of God. Come on. But let's go over to Psalm 86, where he was quoting from. I know we went there, I think, last Sunday. We'll go back there again. We're looking at verse 6 of Psalm 82. I'm going to read it to you out of the Hebrew first. Psalm 82, verse 6. Amar Elohim Ata Ben Elohim. You got it? It's probably the worst pronunciation pronunciation of Hebrew you'll ever hear anyway. But what he's saying is, I have declared you gods. Gods you are. Sons of the Most High. All of you are a reflection of your Father. I have declared you. In your, in your King James it says, I have said. I have declared you. Amar. Gods you are. That's Elohim Atah. Come on, you're gods. Sons of the Most High. Ben, Ben, Ben is always son. Simon, Ben, Jonah. Or Bar, it could be in the, in the, in the New Testament, it could be Bar, it could be Bar, but Bar and Ben are the same, it means son of. So you are sons of the Most High, Ben Elion. All of you are a reflection of your father. But now we need to look at this whole chapter because it's written, he said, God stands in the congregation of the mighty and he judges among the gods. How long will you judge unjustly? In other words, he's saying to the church, how long are you going to let this go on? You know, I'm reminded, I'm, I'm reminded, you know, um, I've got some favorite preachers. 
I don't know if you have some favorite preachers or not, but I've got a favorite preacher over in Chicago that is just awesome. And he one time told, they, they, there were a lot of drugs dealings going, going on in the neighborhood, and he prayed, and, and the Lord spoke to Bill and said, I want you to tell those ladies to, to go out and pour, t- take the anointing oil and pour it right down the center of the street in that neighborhood. And they did that. Now, that doesn't sound like, you know, what's that going to do? The, the crime and the drugs and everything just stopped. Just stopped like that. Hallelujah. Amazing, isn't it? But God has a plan and a strategy for our cities. And it's not by power and it's not by might, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. So there's a way to do it. There's a plan to get it done, and it's not natural. It's a supernatural thing. It's not picketing and walking and marching and all of that. Or those, that's not always a bad thing, but there's a higher way. There's a higher way of doing things in the spirit. God wants us to get there. Amen. So he says, how long, verse 2, how long are you going to let this go on? By the way, if you don't know, I'm talking about Bill Winston. Like, if you're not listening to Bill Winston, I highly suggest. No, 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 there's revelation coming into the body of Christ right now. And like he, in my mind, is way above everybody. Like, the revelation knowledge coming. They bought a mall when the city told them they couldn't have it, and it was a defeated, broken-down mall. Now it's, uh, now they have a church in the mall, and all the stores are working, doing real well. In the whole area, the property values have gone up, and nicer houses are being built and everything, because, because a few people got together and believed God. They said, we, we don't have to accept this. There's a higher way of living. It's called... The just shall live by faith. Amen. How long will you judge unjustly? And again, Bill Winston, you can get the app on your phone. You, you can click in and, and hear him preach while you're driving along, whatever you're doing. And I guarantee you, you'll never hear a message that doesn't pump you up and take you to another level of faith. No, no, we listen to him. Don't tell him if you ever see him, but, but <laughs> he puts us to sleep at night. <laughs> no, no, you just go on the app and, and find one of his messages and click on it and, you know, 10, 15 minutes later you're asleep and the next night you pick up a little bit more, but you no, know, it's better than going to sleep listening to a negative voice, right? Or falling asleep with the TV on, help yourself to that. <clears throat> you could wake up in the middle of the news and you don't never want to hear that. How long will you judge unjustly and accept the persons of the wicked? Really, what he's saying here is how long are you going to walk in the natural and just put up with what's going on around you? Like, it's time to be praying. It's time to be getting strategies from God. It's time for churches to start getting together instead of fighting with one another and competing with one another like it's Wendy's and McDonald's or something. I, I don't know. <sighs> Defend the poor and the fatherless. Do justice to those that are afflicted and needy. Deliver the poor and needy. Rid them out of the hand of the wicked. They do, look at this. Why? Why, God? Why? 
You, no, no, you're watching what's going on in the news here. here here's the answer in verse 5. Or in social media, you want to know what's going on right, right here? Today? They don't even know. They don't understand. They're in the darkness. Just like Suzanne said, they're in the dark. They, they don't, they're, acting like, they, they're acting like they don't know where they're going because they don't. And we can criticize them and get mad at them. But you can't get mad at somebody walking around in the dark. What your job is, what my job is, is to turn on the light. Say there's a better way of dealing with this. He said, they don't even know what they're doing. They walk in the darkness. All the foundations of the earth, now this describes today, are out of course. Never been like this. Now here he said, I have said you are gods in all of you, children of the Most High. But, but, if you, but, but, but if you don't get it, you'll die like men and fall like one of the princes. He said, I don't want you to be struggling and eking out an existence when you're a son and a daughter of the Most High God. How am I? Yeah, but I need a revelation of that. John eleven forty. Jesus said this to Martha. Martha, I, or Mary, one of the two of them. I told you, I told you that if you would believe, you would see the glory of God. So in the world, it's seeing is believing, but in the kingdom, it's believing is seeing. And you need to begin to believe that God's glory is all over you. We just read it in John chapter 17. I've given you my glory. I've given you my glory so that you can operate in this earth and go in and out and find pastors, step over in the realm of the spirit. How do I do that? When bad things are going on in the natural, you don't have to deal with them there. You can step over in the spirit and say, I just think I'll pray in the Holy Ghost for a little while. But you, beloved, Jude said, building up your most holy faith by praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourself in the love of God. But you, beloved, building up your most holy faith, by, by praying in the Holy Ghost, keep yourself in the love of God. Well, no, I don't, tongues don't make any sense to me. The Bible says that they're unfruitful to your mind, but they're powerful in the spirit. Then Paul said, I pray in the spirit and I pray with the understanding. He said, also pray that I could interpret what I'm praying. But lots of times I remember watching one time watching, I think it was the Navajo nation. They used them in maybe the Vietnam War, one of the wars, because they needed you know, the, the first thing that an enemy does when he's fighting you is cut off your communication. I was talking to a guy earlier this morning. He said, I don't know how to get back to God. I said, it's easy. Take a step. Take a step. Your communication lines are down and you're not hearing anything. But if you'll take a step. Anyway, the, this, I think it was the Navajo Nation. If not, I apologize, whoever it was. Uh, they were used in the war because their language is different than any other language on the earth, and that's how they communicated their battle plans so that they could not be deciphered. And that's and when I watched that movie, who was that? Nicholas Cage, I think. When, you, when I watched the movie, I thought, wow, that's what tongues interpret. That's what tongues are. And so sometimes I pray in tongues, I, I don't want to interpret. I don't, you know, don't, don't. If, it's, if it's a mystery between me and God, I'll keep it that way because I, I don't want to make any any declarations that the devil can hear and work against me. I don't know. That may be silly to you, but it works for me. So, so you are gods and children of the Most High. So what did we get when that happened? Romans 5.5 5 says, Justin, could you give that microphone to somebody? We should really have some participation here. And hope maketh not ashamed. Because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which He has given, which is given to us. The love of God shed abroad in your heart by the Holy Ghost. Praise the Lord. 
Give to somebody else, Jim. We want to read 1 John chapter 4 and verse 16. And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Wow. See, we've known and believed. You know it, and believe is a verb, so it requires action. You've got to act like you believe God loves you. You're acting like God loves you. I just want to read a few more verses in that. Uh, verse, uh, verse 17, herein is our love made perfect. It's the word telos in the Greek. It means mature that we may have boldness in a day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. That verse can mess up a religious mind. As he is right now, so are we. Not as he was in the four Gospels. That would be powerful too. But as he is now, and you read the book of Revelation, see how he is now, especially in particular in chapter 1. We're not going to get into that. But as he is, so are we in this world. And here's the next verse. There is no fear in love. That's important because you're going to get lots of opportunities to be afraid. You're going to have lots of opportunities to get anxious. You're going to have lots of opportunities to think that God may maybe let you down or disappointed you. You may have those times. I'm sure that Jacob, while he was looking after those sheep for 20 years, laying out there in the cold at night watching over those sheep, that he had opportunities, and I'm sure he took some of them, being a human being, that he got depressed, that he got discouraged, that he wondered, is it ever going to change? But that's why his life is there, so that you know that it's going to change. Because you know that he loves you, there is no fear in knowing that he's working it out for you. There is no fear in knowing that it's all going to work together for your good. And so when you, you know, this is why I said in Philippians 4, 6, be anxious for nothing. Don't accept anxiety. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything with prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, make your request be made known to God and then let the peace of God rule in your heart and be thankful. I'm telling you, just keep thanking God. I don't understand what's going on right now, but I just want to thank you. I don't know how to deal with this right now, but I just want to praise you. Hallelujah. I, I, I cast all my care upon you because you care for me. I, I just cast, cast this over on you so that I can live my carefree life that you want me to live, see? So that's it. You, you, just, you just do that. There is no fear in love. Why? Because fear has torment. There are people this week, probably sitting in right here, that you've been anxious and tormented about something this week, and God says, I never want you to live that way. You don't never have to live that way another day, another moment. You don't have to live there. You can meditate these few verses and turn it all around. You don't need to study your whole Bible. Study these verses until they go off in you. God loves me. God's not mad at me. God is for me, David said. Who can be against me? Psalm 27, read that. God is on my side, David said. I will not fear. What can a man do unto me? Nothing. The devil can't do anything unless he can get you to buy what he's selling. There is no fear in love. Mature love casts out fear because fear has torment. He that fears or has anxiety and worry, what does it say? He's not made mature in love. So if I'm not made mature in love, what do I need to be thinking about? What, what scriptures do I need to be meditating? 
how God so loved me, that his love is shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Ghost, that the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace, and longs, the fruit of the Spirit, which is already in me, and he wants me to bear fruit, it's knowing that I'm loved, bringing me joy and peace so that I can long suffering and gentleness and goodness and faithfulness and meekness and temperance, those things all stem out of the fact that you know you're loved. So you can put up with things. You believe they're changing. And when they do, you'll celebrate, but you'll celebrate before it ever happens. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Well, that's, uh, yeah, that's a good place. So we got his love. We looked at that. Let's look at his joy. That's in John chapter 15. You wonder why all these things are in John? John said, I'm the disciple that Jesus loves. Come on. He said, I'm the disciple that Jesus loves. You need to be looking in the mirror and saying that same thing. Hey, I'm the disciple that Jesus loves. Hallelujah. John chapter 11, or John chapter 15, rather, in verse 11. This is Jesus talking, if you have a red letter Bible, right? These things I have spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you. Turn to somebody and say, it doesn't look like it right now. No, no, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> that. That, no, no, I'm watching Ashton up trying to get us all pumped up this morning in praise and worship. You know, no, no but we shouldn't have to do that, people. We, we ought to be pumping her up to the next level. No, no, when they're leading praise and worship, we ought to be, we're the, you know, you think this is the praise and worship team? No, you're the praise and worship team. You're just trying to wake you up from a, Rise up from among the dead, and Christ will give you life. <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you making fun of me? Yes, I am. Thank you very much. Okay. These things I have spoken unto you, that my joy might remain in you, so that your joy will be full. There's another verse that goes with that pretty good over in Hebrews chapter 1. And then, of course, there's Psalm 16, 11, in my presence is fullness of joy, and at my right hand, pleasures forevermore. So, but you see, but you can come to church and not ever get into his presence. You get into our presence, but you don't get into his. And when you break through, because you can go in and out and find pasture, when you go step over into the realm of the spirit, in his presence is fullness of joy. And the next thing that you'll notice is my mind isn't thinking about those things that bothered me all week anymore. Now I'm in his presence and I'm feeling his joy. And at his right hand pleasure forevermore. But nobody can lead, lead you there. The door is open. You choose whether you're going to go there or not. It's like the glory. He's going to manifest his glory on the earth. question is, is he going to manifest it through you or not? Because he said, there is a generation that will manifest my glory, and I'm, I, I'm claiming that it's us. No, no, he said in Numbers chapter 14, he said, these guys wouldn't do it. They wouldn't go into the promises land, 
But, but as surely as I live, he said, my glory will cover the earth. I, my, my glory is going to be poured out. I will find a generation that will take it. Hallelujah. I'm taking it. I'm taking it. So, so he, where did I say Hebrews 1? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm thankful. I get pumped up during praise and worship sometimes, but it's not God's best for my life. His best for my life is I've already been praising him before I got here. And I'm just looking for some instruments to... Hebrews uh, 1 and verse 9. I like it, this verse. He said, you have loved righteousness, talking about Jesus. Verse 8 is great if you're ever dealing with Jehovah's Witnesses, by the way. Because, because they don't say that Jesus is the Son, but here in verse 8 he declares, but you are a Son. Thy throne, and then he calls him God. You are a Son, God. And the scepter of your righteousness is the scepter of my king, your kingdom. He said, you've loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore, God has even anointed you with the oil of joy or gladness above your fellows. Well, when I read that, I'm thinking, as he is, so are we in this world. So I can make a decision. I, I can look at my circumstances, or I can just step over there and just start laughing and and Nancy's been doing it for years, but now I'm doing it. She's looking at me like strange. What are you laughing about there? <laughs> I just, what are you laughing about? I'm just laughing. You don't need a reason to laugh. Just laugh. They that laugh last. Merry heart is good like a medicine. The reason why some people are sick is look at their faces. They look in the mirror and they get sick. I can't believe I look like that. Huh. <laughs> no, you, no, no, a smile works, man. You just get happy. Okay. So, so we looked at joy, but then he talks over in John. I left John, and now I've got to go back there again because chapter 14, I think he talks about his peace. Yeah, look at, look at, um, look at uh, chapter 14 of John and verse 27. This is Jesus saying what he's given you. You can use it by faith or you can not use it and be anxious. He said, he's saying, peace. Hey, I'm leaving you peace. It's my peace. It's the peace that I used when they were going to throw me off a cliff to just walk through the midst of them and they couldn't even touch me. Because I didn't take the fear, I took the peace. And when you're walking in peace, those things can't stick to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace. I give it unto you. Not like the world gives, gives unto you. Let, then he says, don't let you, you don't. So, so th th that means I have an opportunity to do this. He says, don't, don't you let your heart be troubled. Don't you let your heart be afraid. Oh, I'm just so fearful. Well, then you chose that. Is God saying, choose my peace, choose my joy. But you chose something else. And that's why we're renewing our minds by this so that we can manifest his glory. There's no condemnation in this, by the way. He's just saying, don't be afraid. Be courageous. Don't be afraid. How about chapter 16 to verse 31? Verse 33, rather. These things... Again, Jesus talking to you, 
this is not Gary talking to you this morning. This is Jesus talking to you. You just recognize the voice, that's all, but it's him. It's him. It's not me. It's him. And this is, this is what he's saying. These are his thoughts. These are his words. He's saying, these things I have spoken unto you, if he was here manifested in, in the, in, out of the spirit realm and into the natural, you know what he would say to you? He'd say, these things I have spoken unto you, that in me you can have peace. On Facebook and media and on the news, you're going to have tribulation. Right? But be of good cheer. In other words, get back over in my, into my peace because I've already overcome. It's already a done deal. The things that you're seeing today, a year from now, won't be there. It'll be something else, but it'll be gone. So he said, I'm leaving you my peace. Then in Ephesians chapter 2, he really nails it. Ephesians 2. Yeah. Oh, I love chapter 2. I'm going to stray a little bit here. Ephesians 1 and verse 2, he said, In time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience. That's why you can't go getting mad at people. It's not a people problem in the world. It's principalities and powers and rules of the darkness and spirits of wickedness. Don't get mad at people. Don't allow the devil to get you upset with people. People are pawns in a big chess game. The prince of the power of the air, it says that he works now in the children of disobedience, among whom you also had your lifestyle in times past, the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and the mind, were by nature children of wrath, just like they are. But God, but God who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherein he has loved us. Come on, are you reading this? Are you seeing this? Who's he talking to? Great love. Oh. His great love wherein he has loved us. If he just had to said love, that would have been something. His great love that he has loved us. How? Even when you were dead in sin, he came and quickened us together with Christ, and by his grace you were saved. And he raised us up together and did what? Seated us in heavenly places in Christ that in the ages to come he might show us the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Wow. I just wanted to look at verse 14, but I mean, that you couldn't, you couldn't just touch down there. Verse 14 says, For he is our peace, who made us both one and broken down the middle partition herein. So he's our peace. He's our, he's our love. He's our joy. He's our peace. He's our wisdom. 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 30 says that Jesus has been made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. He's been made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. He's already been made all of that. <laughs> His glory, I'm again, let's go back to John chapter 17 and just, just breeze through there a little bit more. How many of you know... The Gospel of John, if people would just meditate this one chap, what this one book. He said he in verse 22, the glory which you gave me, I have given them, that they may be one, even as we are one. I in them, you in me, that they may be made perfect in one, that the world might know that you have sent me, and love them 
with the same equal value that you love me. He, he, he loves you the same way that he loves Jesus. Equal value. And then, then over in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, it says that he gave us his wealth. He became poor that through his poverty we might have abundance. And if you're wondering if that's talking about money, read chapter 8 and chapter 9. He's absolutely talking about money. I know that offends religious people, but he wants you blessed. Third John 2, Beloved, I pray above all else that you will prosper, that you'll be in health even as your soul prospers. When you read the life of David and what he gave to Solomon to put into the temple at Jerusalem, it's mind-boggling. You know, gold at $2,300 an ounce right now, and I look at what he sowed, billions of dollars. He couldn't have sown it if he didn't have it. In Genesis 13, too, Abraham was very rich. Oh, he's spiritually rich, brother. No, he was very rich in silver and gold and camels and oxen, and the list goes on. He had, he had bucks. He had 300 people living in his own house. Jesus had at least 70 people traveling with him all the time. In order to fulfill the whole law, he had to fulfill the Deuteronomy chapter 28, blessed coming in and blessed going out, blessed in the city, blessed in the field, the head and not the tail above and never underneath. You think that those wise men brought a little bit of gold, a little bit of frankincense, and a little bit of myrrh? Are you kidding me? There were so many of them that came to Jerusalem that all of Jerusalem was in an uproar. It wasn't three, we three kings of Orient are. It was the guys that came from Babylon, the Jews that had been living there for all those years. And they came with treasure. <sighs> Hallelujah. Anyway, he gave you his wealth. But most importantly, let's go to Galatians chapter 4. We'll identify ourselves here. Let's identify who we are here so that we can move on to the next level. So he says now, chapter 4 and verse 1, he said, now I say an heir, as long as he is a child, doesn't differ from a servant, even though he's Lord of all, but he's under tutors and governors until the time appointed by the father. Even so, when we were children, we were under bondage under the elements of this world. But when the fullness of time was come, God sent forth his son, made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem those that were under the law, that he might receive what? The adoption of sons. And that's weos, theos. Weos, weos, it, it means the son of the father, but it also means sparks from the flame, offshoots of the, of the, of the main event. That we us, we us, that's all right, T-H-E-S-I-O. Then it says, and because we are sons, God sent forth the spirit of his son into, the, into our hearts that we would cry, Abba, Father. So when he's talking about adoption here, he doesn't mean that you weren't part of the family and then he adopted you in from some orphanage somewhere. That's not what it's talking about. It's talking about the toga virilla was something that would... If you grew up in a Jewish home, when you reached maturity, they would put the toga virilla on you, marking you as a son. And so he's saying that God is marking you as a son because you're putting on Christ. But now here was, here's what the Apostle Paul identified to be the situation in verse 19. He said, even though you're a, 
meant to be a son, even though you're an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus, he said, my little children, this is where I think it's the word technon. That's somebody between seven and 10 years old that hasn't matured enough to be, in, in, to be the one that can operate in the airship. Airship. <laughs> Jefferson Airship. I went back to Harvard. <laughs> no, an heir, when you put on the toga virile, you can step into your office. It's kind of like, like what he said in James chapter 1. Count it all joy, my brethren, when you fall into diverse temptations, tests, and trials, knowing that the trial of your faith works patience. When, pay, when patience has its complete work, you'll be complete entire and lacking in nothing. So what he's saying here is you need to get to this place where you've operated in patience and you've grown up. Look, look what he says here in verse 19. My little children, I'm in travail in birth again. He said, until Christ be formed in you. You're being changed from glory to glory into the image of his son, 2 Corinthians 3.18. The process, the process of being changed from glory to glory. But Paul said, I'm in travail. I'm, I'm in intercession, deep intercession for you, because you need to find out who you are. You need to know who you are in Christ. You need to know that you've been restored back to glory. You are the glorious church. He's coming back for that glorious church without spot, without wrinkle, washed in the blood of the lamb. And, and again, it's like Colossians 2, 9 and 10. You know, you're complete in him who's the head of all principality and power. He's already made you. Jesus, in, in Jesus, Colossians 2, 9 says, in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. But now you... You're complete in him. No, but you're complete in him. But that needs to be formed in you. You need to get a revelation of the fact that you're complete in Christ. You're a completed deal. I know he made you the righteousness of God in Christ, but yet he says he'll lead you in paths of righteousness. So even though you're complete, you're walking it out. You're walking it out that these things have been birthed in you, and now you're, and now, and now you're laboring to bring forth who you already are. We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.